Good evening, people of God, or good morning, good night, good afternoon, whatever time you are listening to this message. So, as you can tell from my title today, I will be talking about a prayer template that God has given us. So, I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 14, and I'm going to get straight into it. The first thing we need to do is we need to get out of our mind this religious mindset of prayer being a ritual. And the prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, being a prayer that we are supposed to idolize and pray. Jesus actually gave us a template teaching us how to petition to the governor, to the judge, to God for results and for answers. The historical origin of the word prayer dates back to C1300. And prayer is defined as being a earnest request a plea and a petition but today I'm going to focus on the definition of it being a petition and this is why we need to get rid of this religious mindset of prayer because with prayer being a petition to the government of the kingdom of heaven we then have to look at it from a natural perspective in the world system where petition is a political term, it's a political word, where it's an easy way, an easy route for us as citizens of the United Kingdom and and other kingdoms and other parts of the world to make sure that our concerns are being heard. And so in the same way, when we petition, when we pray to God, we are requesting for something to be done. We are petitioning to make sure that our concerns are being heard by the governor of the kingdom that we are praying to. The Bible confirms this several times that we must make supplication and prayer. Prayer is a mankind giving, sorry, prayer is us as mankind giving God's word authority to work and do what it says on earth and in our lives. God can never perform what he says unless we give him that permission because he is so faithful to his promises where he told us in Genesis that he gave us as mankind dominion and he gave and dominion means he gave us power over the earth and it's it's the place that we have dominion and power and God has dominion and power over heaven and so in order for what's in heaven to come down on earth and to look like what it does in heaven, we have to use our dominion on earth and that instrument, that tool that he's given us um, and that power to pray, to petition for his word, pray and petition his word to be fulfilled in our life on earth as it is in heaven on earth. So we have to pray and petition for what's in the spirit in heaven to to come into the physical realm on earth. So, legally, everything that exists on earth has to have a body. The moment God said that he gave us as mankind dominion over the earth, and he, every, you know, everything had a body, um, he, he breathed, you know, the spirit was hovering over the earth, and he breathed life, um, etc. So, we know it was a spirit to begin with, and then everything became flesh and, and had a body. And so, that, and that is why um, he sent Jesus as well, because... Um, Jesus, the word had to become flesh. It had, he had to have a body. He couldn't die for us because God said that. I, I don't want to get too much into it, but God did say that Adam and Eve would have to die for their sins um, if they ate from the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. And because they did, 
God is so faithful to his promises that he would still have to stand by his word. But he loves us so much that he died for our sins instead of us, instead of us having to sacrifice something or us as mankind having to die. And so um, Christ has to come in the flesh, in a body, um, in order to legally exist on earth. Because God is invisible and Christ is the flesh, the um, revelation, um, the image of this invisible God. Hopefully that makes sense. So God is constantly waiting for us as mankind to put his words in our mouth and tell him to do it. Which then gives him permission to perform that very word. Prayer is therefore not you coming to God with your words, but prayer is taking God's words and telling him, God, you can do it through my authority that you've given me. And this is why when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he gave them a template. He gave them a skeleton without a body to use. He did not tell them, pray this very prayer, copy it or pray in your own words. He gave them a template that needs and needed to be interpreted with scripture and prayed using other scripture that coincides with those very words, which I'll break down for you now. So our father in heaven, hallowed be your name is where I'm going to start. So God is our father. He's our father. And we are supposed to approach him in a childlike manner. And Matthew chapter 18 verse 3 confirms that unless we turn and become like children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And Matthew 18 verse 1 to 35 confirms this again. That the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who humbles himself like a child. So we are expected also to humble ourselves like children. And John chapter 1 verse 12 tells us that we shouldn't worry because if we, rec- if we receive Jesus and believe in his name, we have been given the automatic right to become children of God. So that's the first part that we need to understand. Um, so, and this also shows how we need to be using other scripture to, co- so how I, myself, I have used other scripture to coincide with the very words that God has given us to pray. And I've also used it to interpret what God is saying further. And we can go further than that because there's many other scriptures that can interpret just this very sentence alone, which is, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4, message translation, we are told in the Bible by Jesus to ask for what we need. So I'm going to talk about what Jesus told us to ask um, and what we need to ask. So the first need is to ask Father, reveal who you are. This is a this is the very first thing um, that we are shown in the prayer tem- template in the in the Bible, asking us to do the right thing at the beginning, which is our Father, hallowed be your name. So again, we are being told by Jesus, he's repeating himself, that we the first thing we must do is ask our Father in heaven to reveal himself to us so that we have our own personal revelation of who God is to us, who our Father in heaven is to us. So um, I'm going to continue, sorry. And then it continues with, hallowed be your name. 
Father, reveal who you are, hallowed be your name. So again, Jesus is repeating himself, repeating his prayer template that he's given us, that the name of God is consecrated, is holy, is pure. And we are to praise and give thanksgiving to his name and to his goodness. Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 23 shows us how um, God's promises is to show, is to display and to magnify his greatness, his holiness, so that we will know he is God and we will know that he's faithful to his promises and we will know that he is the one true God and he is the way, the truth and the life. So the agenda of God entirely um, one thing we do need to understand here before i continue is that god's um whole agenda is that in the end his promises as we as we as ambassadors are going around the world and we are um preaching the gospel sharing the gospel we are praying we're petitioning is to show to display and to magnify his greatness his holiness to glorify him and glorify his name again reminding us that this is a template telling us how we should petition and what is required for us to receive a promise made by God before we were even formed in the womb. We are told to ask God to reveal himself to us so that we would be separated from profane things and be dedicated to him and be purified. I'm going to continue with it. The next part is your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you and I must subscribe to the government of heaven. We need to limit our operations to be consistent with the ways of God. We must edit our principles and our practices to ensure and insist that we are always within the boundaries of that which consists with how God is. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John chapters in the Bible are concise and sufficient companion com, compendium sorry compendium of the earth walk of Jesus. It was not just one verse, one chapter, but many different scenarios and different ways Jesus responded and interacted. And so that's a good place to start if you do want to understand more about um, the government of heaven, understand more about the operations of the kingdom of heaven so that we can pray and petition for God's kingdom to come into us and then out of us and for his will to be in us and then out of us. So what I mean by that is that, um, thank you Holy Spirit for that, what I mean by that is that um, God's kingdom, his principles, his laws, his um, practices, um, will be in us so that we will be able to, um, our everyday walk, our everyday life, um, our inner self will be, look like more and more of the image of God so that he, it will come out of us on earth as it is in heaven. It will not just remain in us, but it will be, it will be on earth. It will come out of us on earth so that his kingdom will come quite quite his kingdom will quite literally come from heaven on earth through us and out of us so that we are saving lives and his kingdom is reigning on on earth that's the ultimate goal 
and that God's will will be done in us first. So we'll be following the will of God. Everything we do will be restrained to the principles and practices to God, to the boundaries of that which consists with how God is. And then it will come out of us. We will preach the gospel. We will share it. We will teach others. We will testify. So his will will be done in many other people on earth and not just in us as it is in heaven. When you're becoming a believer or asking for the kingdom to come and God's will to be done, this means that you're going to a deeper level in your faith, that you're coming out of this lukewarm um you know, to um, faith, to a deeper, hotter water, hotter level of your faith, becoming a, a mature believer, understanding that you must constrain yourself to live by the models of the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4, message translation, also mentions a second thing we need. And that is to set the world right. We need to pray and petition for God to set the world right. The word world in Hebrew means existence. Existence. So it is parallel to verse 10 in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 to 14. Where it tells us that we um, must pray for God's um sorry for God's kingdom to come for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven when we are asking God to set our existence right when we are asking him to set the world right um this this correlates with how we are asking for um for his kingdom to come and his will to be done because if God's kingdom comes in us and on earth and his will is done on earth as well as it is in heaven then we then the world is set right because the world is powered by evil. Today I read a Bible verse. Um, I'm going to find it in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, where it tells us that we know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil world. So we know that we are told and we understand that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And what God wants is for our existence, for the world to be set right. And the only way it can be set right is for the power to be as it is in heaven. For the power, um, for the whole world to lie in the power of the kingdom of God. For the whole world to lie in the will of God and the boundaries and the promises and the practices of God as it is in heaven so in order for god to set the world right his kingdom of heaven must come to earth the power that there is in the kingdom of heaven is where the world must lie earth is not real that's something we have to understand earth is not real it's temporary and heaven is real and eternal so the only thing that's real is the only thing that will last forever that even when this earth you know it's gone it crumbles it did and we all you know are extinct from this earth the only real thing that will last forever is heaven god's priority is that we would seek his kingdom and then in doing so add unto earth and also all other things needed that makes earth more and more like the kingdom of heaven our life should be so accurate now and forevermore as we choose to function within the confines of god understanding and knowing deeply his character and knowledge and having a deep knowledge of his ways and his will we are to be godlike 
we were created in the image of God and so we need to stick to the original plan of God. We need to look more and more like heaven on earth. Every day striving towards that being a goal. And to pray and to petition and seek for it. To seek the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven for it. Give us today our daily bread is the next focus. And here we are told in Luke chapter 11 verse 1, 2, 3. That another need is we need to um, is to keep ourselves alive with free square meals. So our prayer every time should include a petition for our daily bread and that um, our daily free meals as well that will keep us alive. So I'm going to say that again. Our prayer should also include a petition for our daily bread, which is our spiritual um, bread, our spiritual um Yes, yeah, so our spiritual bread, which I'm going to get into more um, in just a moment. And for our normal physical free square meals every day that would keep us alive, physically keep our bodies alive. So we need the daily bread that will keep our spirit alive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the free square meals that would keep our body alive. So that is another prayer point because... Um, I actually did some research on why is it that God specified three square meals um, that we would need to keep ourselves alive. Um, And that is because we are told um, on many health researches and researches done by doctors um, and different um, food, you know, professionals, that three square meals is needed. Um is necessary for survival and two extra snacks is for appetite control so what it tells us is that three square meals is a necessity as god says it's needed and that's why we're told to pray for what we need not pray for what we want and to have extra snacks or to have anything beyond that is for appetite control it's a want so we need to ask god to feed us with the food needful for our body so that we would be so that we would not be full and deny him but we would have fulfilled our body's need of free meals so we won't be full on the food because we'll still have an appetite which is why it is suggested that a snack or to possibly eat more meals um is um appetite control to control this appetite that we'll still have even after having our normal free square meals because it is possible for us to deny him if we are full due to being contented and we can also deny our daily bread if we are full proverbs chapter 30 um verse 7 to 9 confirms this that um he confirms that the confirms this truth that if we are full we, we can actually, as humans, deny um, our daily bread needed for our spirit. I'm actually going to pull up um, that scripture um, so just so that I can read it correctly. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Translation. And it tells us here that um, in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8 to 9, 
Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion so that I will not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or that I will not be poor and steal and so profane profane the name of my God. So it is very clear that in our nature, it is possible and it even occurs in situations where we are full that um, if we have more than the portion of food required um, for our bodies, it needs and not wants, that we can deny God. We can deny God and even question who he is. And so that's why um, we do need to make sure we petition and pray um, and request and very sincerely pray for um, God to help us and even help us with um, our appetite control that we would not want more than we need. Um, John chapter 6 verse 27 is parallel to this where it uh, where we are reminded not to work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life. So there's two types of foods. There's temporary pleasure um, and temporary food that can perish, that has an expiry date. That's the food required for our body. And then there's eternal food, which Jesus will give us and has given us once we petition for it required for our eternal life, required for our spirit, for our spiritual life. So it is, re- it is reiterated several, several times that we shall pray for our daily bread to be given. And we are not to live by bread or food alone, but every word that comes f- um, from the mouth of God. So what we do know is that our daily bread is the word of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so we are to petition for our daily bread, for our daily word that comes directly from the mouth of God. Asking God for our daily bread is asking God for our divine provision or the sustenance that God supplies to yielded believers, scene by scene, day by day, hour by hour, season by season, to live in his preferred will for us, his original and preferred plan for us of abundance, fruitfulness, prosperity, peace. Jesus is the bread of life. Um, I want to also talk um talk about Habakkuk two, verse two. I believe um I'm gonna just pull it up, um just so I don't say anything wrong. So yeah, Habakkuk two verse two. But I'm going to be reading the CEV translation, and it says, "Then the Lord told me, I will give you my message in the form of a vision. Write it clearly enough to be read at a glance." So what we do know, um, I'm gonna make it clear why I'm talking and referring to this. Um, so a lot of times we do look at this particular scripture, um, we do look at this particular scripture as being um, one where we need to write the vision and um, our goals and the vision should come to pass. Um, but one thing I want to highlight in this is that God um, wants to give us a message, that God will give us a message in the form of a vision. And so... Um, that means that that when we are writing our vision, we're not writing something that we personally want um, for our own lives and our own desires, but it's based on a vision and a message that God has given us. Um, so we, 
obviously a few questions you might have is how will he when will he where will he um yeah just a few questions which i'm going to answer so i'm going to just um use a few other scriptures to interpret this and to also um help it make a bit more sense and then give some comment commentary on it um and yeah and just get ready to close up don't worry there is an end to orders so if a nation is not guided by god the people will lose self-control but the nation that obeys god's law will be happy so proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 erv version tells us this and we're also told in the amplified version that where there is no vision um so that means where there is no revelation of god and his word the people are unrestrained but happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of god so i think it should begin to make sense because we are told that um if we obey god's law we'll be happy so um where there is no vision, there is no revelation of God and his word and people are unrestrained. So previously I spoke about we need to be confined to God's words, um, his principles, his laws and edit our lives and our ways to his will. Um, if not, we become you know, unrestrained and we um, there's no decency, there's no order in our lives, which is something God wants for us. Um, because actually, um, I'm just going to go on another Bible verse I read that. Um, uh sorry yeah so james chapter 3 verse 14 to 16 tells us that esv version that um i'm gonna just cut out a part and get straight to it so this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but it is earthly and spiritual and demonic for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist there will be disorder and every vile practice so what we do know is that um unbelievers and lukewarm believers um this is what god is referring to um actually by nature have jealousy and selfish ambition even as humans that's in our nature um naturally and where that occurs there is disorder and every vile practice and god does not want unrest and disorder in our life he wants us to have a life um, of decency and order and so if we are not um obeying god's law especially the ones where it tells us not to be selfless and to you know not be jealous jealous and to have the fruits of the spirit then we are unrestrained we are living um disorderly so the the vision that is referring to um to go back to my poem in habakkuk 2 verse 2 is actually the revelation of god and his word um revelate so vision equals revelation of god and his word and not our own vision without this we will have no control we will have no order in our lives proverbs um chapter 29 verse 18 message from translation goes further to say that if people can't see what god is doing they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals they are most blessed so we need to see what God is doing. The vision isn't about what we want. Oh, I, I vision I'm going to drive a Tesla. Go. I vision I'm going to have this house. God, the vision is a message that daily God wants to give us a word. The only way that God can speak to us is through the promises that he's already given us. He can't say something that's not his words. So the only way he, you're ever going to hear from him is going to be something that 
is his words and so the message the vision we're going to get from him is always going to be in alignment with his word or if not directly his word and so if we can't see what god is doing if we don't have revelation of what god is saying and of his word and of what god is doing we are going to stumble over ourselves we are going to mess up we're going to make many mistakes um and so we also have to make the effort to attend to what he reveals, which means that God is constantly revealing, especially through his spirit, things to us so that we will be blessed and happy and keep his laws. To keep his law means that we have to attend first to what he reveals. And so we have to do our part in attending and God is doing his part in revealing. To attend in Hebrew means to participate to participate is what God requires from us to direct our attention to fix our minds on the things above to heed to his revealing to his revelation to to regard what he's saying his message his vision to care for to look after to go to be a servant um to wait on his vision to come to pass. That's another definition. To also serve his message and the vision that he gives us as well. That's another thing. Which is why he makes it clear that we need to write it down. We need to write down what he's saying to us. So it will be clear. So when we're writing down. Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm guessing it now. When we're writing down what he's saying to us very clearly. I need to get Habakkuk 2 verse 2 um, out so I can get it um, better. Sorry, just one second. Sorry for the slight pause. Yeah, so Habakkuk 2. So, um, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on tablets so that the one who reads it will run. For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. So, it hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. So, there's a fulfillment. There's something that God wants to fulfill through this vision that he's given us. God has an assignment that he wants to fulfill on earth. And so when he's given us a vision and telling us to write the vision, it's an instruction that we must take our time to attend to what he, his Holy Spirit is revealing, what he's revealing to us daily through his messages, through his um, vision. Write it down and then we're to, um, you know, spread the gospel to read this message God is giving us through the different platforms and means he's given us. So that the one who reads it, the one that hears it, the one that understands it, the people that we are saving through this message and this vision that God has given us for them, will run, they will excel in life, and they will fulfill at an appointed future time the goal that God has for their lives too. Um, so I'm going to go down further. So if, um, yeah, so Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 um, message translation tells us that if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ we need to act like it and pursue the things over which Christ presides and not to shuffle along our eyes to the ground and be observed with, with the things right in front of us but to look up and be alert to what God um, what is going on around Christ sorry and that's where act, the action is we need to see things from Christ's perspective. To be resurrected means the act of bringing something that had disappeared or ended back into use or existence. So um, I wanted to understand what is it that God wants us to bring back into existence. And that he, that is his original plan for us, which was um, 
to be fruitful, to multiply, um, to have peace, prosperity, completeness, to have well welfare, wholeness. God wants um, his original plan for us to be fulfilled um, on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to go back. I didn't mean to go off on track like that. Um, but, you know, God is really leading and taking over and I'm just allowing him to lead as he does. And the last requirement of petitioning before God is that we first forgive anyone we are holding a grudge against so that our Father in heaven, in heaven sorry, can forgive our own wrongdoing and so our prayers can be answered. We are told to keep, we are told to petition and pray for um, God to keep us forgiving with um with him and forgiving to keep us forgiven sorry with him and forgiving others so what is god forgiving is the first question you might have well we are sinners and so that is our nature and we are always going to fall short of the glory of god and we've fallen short of his glory and so the lord has forgiven us and will continue to forgive us as he's um, promised and we cannot be forgive. We cannot and can never be forgiven if we don't forgive, and we don't practice, and we don't obey that principle to forgive others, um, just as God forgives our own wrongdoing. We are also to repent and be baptized every time, and um, we pray. God wants us to repent daily when petitioning, when praying, and to be baptized daily, not in water, but by the Holy Spirit. And how do I know that it's by the Holy Spirit he wants us to be baptized? In Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4, um, Passion Translation, he confirms that um, he as giving us his template to pray, he's, um, he, 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 he confirms, sorry, that we are to pray and petition for a Holy Spirit cleansing upon us. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 confirms this also that for the forgiveness of our sins and so we receive the Holy Spirit gifts. So we need to, in order for us to receive the Holy Spirit gifts and to be baptized by the Holy Spirit daily, we, we need to repent and be, and be forgiven of our own sins. I'm going to pull up Acts 2 verse 38 just to... Um, read it more clearly. Two thirty-eight. Yes. So we got it here. And Peter said to them, <coughs> "Sorry, repent, which is to change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, and accept and follow Jesus as a Messiah, and be baptized each of you in the." of jesus christ because of the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the holy spirit for the promise of the holy spirit is um this is verse um this is verse 39 is for you and your children and for all who are far away um as many as the lord our god calls to himself so in order for us to um be baptized and receive the gifts of the holy receive the gift of the holy spirit which is to receive the holy spirit um within us and with us we need to be um baptized but first repent and turn away from our sinful ways um i'm going to find another translation i'm going to try a message translation um verse 38 
where have you gone to yeah so um it reminds us of the same thing um so once we are forgiven so that our, uh, so your sins are forgiven then you will receive the gift of the holy spirit so we need to forgive in order to prosper as well and proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 confirms this that once we confer, um, confess our sins and our transgressions it allows us to prosper and the last point is that praying for forgiveness equals to eternal life daily praying for forgiveness and forgiving others allows us to receive eternal life it's a key to receiving eternal life romans chapter 6 verse 23 confirms this and the last prayer point is to petition and pray that we would not be led into temptation but we but we would and that we would also be delivered from the evil one we need to pray daily hourly we need to schedule and put aside a time, a meeting time for God to rescue us every time, especially at the midnight hour, we face tribulations and temptations. I believe God put temptation and evil together because we are our own enemy at times and so is the devil and so we need to be delivered from both. God will provide a way of escape. He tells us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. That God knows what is tempting us before we even pray. That our temptation is not uncommon to mankind. That if we pray to him and petition to him, he will not let us be tempted beyond our ability. And he will provide that escape so that we can endure it. Number two, God, he also um, submitting to God. God tells us that it is the only way that the devil will flee. Submitting to you, the flower, submitting to your teacher, to your mom, will not allow the devil to flee from you. You can never do it in your own dominion or, or dominion, sorry, or strength. You need to accept and yield to the superior force. You need to surrender so God will bring you near to him that you will resist the devil and he will flee from you and he shall flee from you. James chapter 4 verse 7 tells us this. And we are also told in Hebrews 2 verse 18 that overcoming temptation will allow us to help others. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted, Jesus, after you have tolerated and endured, he will provide a way of escape. We will also gain wisdom and strength to help others to overcome that same temptation. God's word tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 14 that um, no temptation, as I'm just repeating myself sorry again, has overtaken us that is uncommon to man and so someone else experiencing this very same same temptation will need a way of escape too but they will need your own testimony in order for them and your own steps and your own tips in order for them to now be able to overcome it too another thing is that storing god's word also helps us to overcome sin Psalm 119 verse 11 tells us, store scriptures in your heart that you may not sin against God. We also need to pray and petition that God will keep us safe 
even from ourselves like i mentioned earlier we can be our own enemies at time when we are praying for our enemies to die we must also be careful that we are not out that very enemy or one of the enemies that may die because um there's times when we can be tempted and lured by our own fleshly worldly desires and we need to petition to god that we won't fail to do the right thing when we know it to be the right thing or when we know it to be the wrong thing james chapter 1 verse 13 confirms also that god can never ever tempt us with evil it's not his will it's not something that he does and he can never be tempting with evil so if evil is tempting us that is our own enemy that we've created or the temptation from the devil that's why we need to pray to god the only being the only one that can never be tempted that can never tempt us with evil but can save us from ourselves from evil and um point six we need to not be conformed to the world may this be a prayer point for you also every day because when you are not of the world but only in it you become transformed by the renewal of your mind therefore being able to accurately discern god's will for your life that is good and acceptable which will give you a future and hope which will allow you to overcome temptation and be delivered from all kinds of evil for young people, run from youthful passions. Petition and pray that you would run from youthful passions. There are too many young people who are immature and childish because of these things that they indulge in. Run from wherever passion is. Run from wasting your free time, the only currency you can spend and keep on attending the parties on spending your time with friends especially ungodly company sinners mockers of jesus avoid spending your time on gaming social media movies fighting after school run after mature things run after righteousness that will mature you there's a way you'll mature in your mindset in your body in your soul in your emotions through this pursuit of faith through this pursuit of love and peace joining those who are honest and serious about prayer to god refuse to get involved in silly inane discussions as a servant of god we are called to be gentle listeners to be a cool tempered teacher working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey you never know the hour god might sober them up with a change of heart and turn them to the truth enabling them to escape the devil's trap where they are caught and held captive and forced to run his errands you also need to last poem remove the desire to become rich remove that desire I know we live in a world where cost of living is now sky high, where the love of money has, you know, exceeded beyond what we've seen in the past years. But when you are in the world, but not of it, your your desire should not be to be rich. 
because that will lead you to fall into temptation, into a trap, into a snare, which leads to many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and very quick destruction. This has been the downfall of many famous artists in the music industry. Many have a desire to be rich and this has led to a fall into temptation, selling and trapping their souls to the devil, running his errands of leading many listeners and fans to the pits of hell away from God. Doja Cat is an artist who has been led into many senseless and harmful desires, plunging to her ruin and destruction. Creating a song titled Demons, where she's been seen dressed as a demon and engaging in unholy behaviour. And this voice, this gift of singing could have been used for God's glory. Where she wouldn't have to engage in senseless acts because of her desire for fame and riches. So I I hope that this helps those of you who are stayed to listen. I hope that this has blessed you greatly. And I hope that this has increased your prayer life. And it will add to your prayer life, if not transform it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.